are back with recurring guest, uh, Major League Baseball player Daniel Schlereth. Daniel, thank you for coming back. Welcome back. Absolutely. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, it's uh world is a completely different place than the last time we talked, and I don't know, maybe we got to reverse the curse or something and get, get things back on track here. Yeah, man. Um, a lot a lot to be said and obviously a lot to be done. Yeah. Uh, it's very unfortunate. The world is unfortunate right now, and <laughs> uh, obviously in our game, um, let the bickering stop and, and uh, let's get back on the field as long as uh, the players are safe and sound. Yeah, so... Obviously, that's kind of what we're here to talk about. Um, so I'm guessing that we're probably going to see eye to eye on pretty much everything here. Um, yeah. Could make for a little just chatter more than debate, but, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But um, so, yeah, I kind of want to just get your take on the whole situation and and then maybe we could just talk about it and see what we think is going to happen or just our opinions on everything going forward for baseball. Yeah. Yep. I'm ready, man. Shoot. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's really just discouraging to see that how bad of people these owners possibly are just based on everything that has gone down. Like you look at, a situation where the Nationals are not going to pay their minor league players for the season, and then you have the players for the team um, come in and say, okay, well, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it. And then, of course, everybody's like, well, these owners look really bad. And then the, all of a sudden they, they step up and pay for it. And then, you know, in to the un... I don't want to say uneducated fan, but maybe to someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention, I feel like the owners come out always looking like the good guy. But I think to the of course. to the educated fan who pays attention and reads up on what's going on, it's just it's you can see it's the players are not at fault at this for this. No, they're not. Uh, and it's funny too how at the end of the day if you turn on the TV, it looks like it's all the players' fault. Right. Which is complete. It's just crap. Um, and I, I think it's good when, when guys like David Price and uh, there's a few other names out there too, guys that have made some money in the game, certainly don't have to pay for their minor league players but are stepping up and, yeah. and showing up for their organization, which is highly commendable. Um, and that kind of makes the owners look like a they're like a bunch of tools, man. Right. Um, these people make money hand over fist. They're pro we're probably the most profitable sport in uh, right. in ev any major sport. Uh, revenue out of their ears, but we can't seem to figure out. We're in between sixty and seventy games, and we're discussing salaries like it's going to take a chunk out of their pocket, which is not. That's not the case. Right. So, I I don't know what. <laughs> I wish I could be involved and, and listen to these discussions, but I know for a fact, just talking to players recently, um, I'm not going to state who they are, but there's a huge disconnect between the players and the owners. And um, if anyone could listen um, to what's going on for real, the owners are the people that are at fault in this situation. Well, 
And the one argument that really that really annoys me is when people are like, well, these players are millionaires. Like they should be able to sacrifice a little bit of money to get back on the field. It's like, who do you think makes them millionaires? Right. The people that right. can afford to pay them that much money and still turn a profit. Like right. these And they're are, turning massive, massive profits. I mean, the the money that they're fighting over right now is Probably dollar, the amount of money bills to the owners. Right. It's money that the owners could make back in a day or two days. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe three games. They could make it back. And that's what we're fighting over right now. Well, and it's just like, I feel like the owners are kind of looking at and at it in the short term. But if you right. look at it in the long term, if there's no season this year and then next year gets played, I hopefully I would presume and then the collective bargaining agreement runs out and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good faith going on right now what happens if 2022 there's no season you're going to go two out of three years with no baseball baseball's already a dying sport where do you, what do you think's going to happen if you don't play baseball two out of three years this has been said even if they don't play this year this has been said by the Tim Kirkshans, the Buster Olneys, the guys that really know the true insiders right. of Major League Baseball, these guys have said numerous times on multiple outlets, uh, if we don't have a season this year, we could be in serious trouble right. for the future of the sport. I don't know what that means, but for my end here, for my stance, I I mean, there might not be baseball anymore. Right. <laughs> I can't even imagine, but like you just said, it's it is a dying sport. Uh, we're losing fans left and right, as the last few years have, have shown us, uh, with ratings and all the rest, and ticket sales going down, and attendance attendance numbers going down. Right. Um, it scares me, man. And I'm, I am lucky and and very fortunate to get the time that I had in, um, because it for the younger players coming up, it this does not look promising if they can't figure this out this year. Well, right. Just imagine you're you've worked your whole life to become this superstar, unbelievable talent baseball player. You get drafted. Like look at a guy like Spencer Torkelson or Asa Lacey or any of these guys that got drafted this year. And then all of a sudden, you know, these guys would probably actually I don't know for sure. What would these guys are that got drafted, would they be already playing baseball at some form in the organization? Right now, yeah. Um, so the guys that you've seen signed, uh, and I think most guys are signing because they don't really have a choice right now. Yeah. Um, there's really no reason to hold out. But, right. Yeah. But, get your money. Yeah. You you hold out. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But the guy, those guys that are signing, um, they would be sent to the spring training facility of of their respective team and. Not a ton of high schoolers. I don't think we're drafted. Mostly, more college guys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Here, but um, those guys would be placed into uh, like rookie half season rookie ball, um, and I believe I think that starts. It would be starting right around. I think this time right now is when those rookie ball teams kind of kick off their seasons, and they yeah. probably play there the rest of the year. Maybe some of the more advanced guys move up to a low A league. Yeah, uh, kind of like the Midwest League, where 
the uh, low way for the Tigers play in West Michigan, something like that, and, and finish their their season out in uh, low A, and then and then get ready for their off season, and uh, and kick it back up with spring training starts. So I I have no, I, I don't even know what those guys are gonna do. Right. Um, I guess stay ready. Uh, I mean, there's not many players that need to be dealt with. There's only five rounds this year, so. Um, I have no clue. Just stay ready, and uh, I don't know. It's pretty much there's no there's no minor leagues, so it's pretty much right. we'll see in the off season because I don't know if any personnel are even, uh, especially with the virus going on. I don't know if any personnel are, are even going to be allowed in uh, spring training facilities in the near future. Yeah. Well, so you alluded to this, and I kind of I wanted to get your thoughts on this too. Um, this seems like we've seen the draft this year go from what was it 40 rounds to five rounds yeah so yeah. that like what are the owners doing like are they they cannot really think that they're expecting people to believe that they don't make a lot a ton of money on their organizations like well like, wait <laughs> it's almost like they're the victims they want to be portrayed as the victims right. in this situation we want to feel bad for these all these guys are billionaires, right? Uh, which is it's tough for us to, to look at them and and uh, see that they've had the <laughs> they've picked the short straw, right? But, uh, and I don't know what I think that one falls more on the commissioner and uh, the MLB side of things with the draft shortening the draft and um, it seems like with with Rob Manfred things are changing, you know, every day. There's a different story every day. He says one thing and then. The opposite happens the next day, and it's just a complete disaster right now. And uh, if they don't figure something out soon, there's been so many, I guess, proposals back and forth. It's like, well, what, is anything going to be agreed upon? If if not, I, I don't even think we, we might not see anything this year uh, based on the back and forth that's been happening at least the last few days. And with Manfred saying 100% we're going to play, and then the next day, yeah. <laughs> completely changes his tune and says, "Yeah, I don't think we're going to play this year." Yeah. Well, what was funny about wow. that was so he said that I believe he said that on a Friday, and then over the weekend it was announced that they made a billion dollar TV deal for the L- LDS with I yeah. believe it TBS. was TBS. Yeah. Yep. And then on Monday he comes back out and says, "Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have a season." Like, I don't think you just. I don't think anybody has looked worse at any given point than Rob Manfred has, like over I, these past over this past month or so. I don't think so either. And, it's, and Roger Goodell is probably sitting in his home in New York, like, man, this is so great. The, yeah, the public guy is off of me, and it's just everybody is focusing on baseball and Rob Manfred right now, and it makes <laughs> it makes him look pretty dang good. It's it's just unbelievable, like. If you want to continue making, which, like you said, there's pretty much no better investment if you have the money than a professional, a professional sports franchise. They right. gain they gain money every year. They go up in value every year, no right. matter what. No matter if you're the Yankees or if you're the Royals in the Athletics, like either right. if you're a low budget, high budget team, doesn't matter. You're you're increasing in worth every single year, and then. Yeah. They come out, yeah. We're at, we got a billion dollars for this TV deal, and then oh, we cannot give these players the full salary 
for however many games they're going to play. Like, I just, I don't understand it. And it's like, if you don't play baseball, then what do you think these franchises are worth? Like, right. the franchise. That's the whole thing. It's like, you, you're not going to make anything. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll put my foot in my mouth there because they just sat. Um, usually, to, to make money in baseball, you got to put a team on the field. Right. Uh, and and play in front of people and play in front of, in front of television and I just I don't know what is taking so long. I thought this would be done a week and a half ago. I did too. But I, man, I don't know. It, we're all at a loss. I've talked to many people in baseball and many front officers, and they're like, "I we have the story is different every day. Uh, we can't do anything from my end over here." Uh, from my standpoint, I can't sign with anybody until this thing gets started because there's a freeze on signing players, minus the draft, obviously. But right. they, as a free agent, I, I'm not allowed to sign anywhere until this thing gets figured out. So, and it's not just me that we're talking about. There's been probably a thousand minor league players released for no reason. Hmm. On top of that, the guys that are sitting at home right now, the the newly released guys and, and guys like me, I guess older minor league <laughs> free agents as yeah. you could as you could put it uh we're just sitting waiting and and working our tails off waiting for a uh a spot to open up or just a season to get going and um shoot not even a season because you can't play in the minor leagues this year but just like a, a a chance to get signed and uh we're all just sitting here and twiddling our thumbs waiting for rob manford to make a decision right and so so they can't sign free agents. Can they sign undrafted free agents? Because I'm, if they're shortening the draft by 35 rounds, there's probably yeah. going to be a lot of players who would have been drafted, who weren't. So that can they sign? Can they sign those players, or is there a freeze on that too? I I do not know. That's a great question. I would say no. That's what um, I would think. Yeah, just based on. Just a, being a free agent in general, undrafted or, or 13 years into it, like myself, um, I don't know if they can sign any players that would, would have been drafted in rounds five and below. But uh, I would have to think that there's a transaction freeze everywhere, minus the guys who did get drafted uh, this past couple weeks or whenever that took place. But, um, I would think it'd be the same for all of us. We're just kind of hanging out, waiting for this to end, so the freeze um, gets unlocked, and and we're actually able to sign somewhere if if the team wants to sign players. I, I like you said. I thought this would be, I thought they would be the quickest organization to get it started because I would would have thought that obviously everything ratings attendance everything is down i would have thought they would have been super steadfast and trying to get back on the field because of the fact the more the more time that goes the more baseball is forgotten right so that was just my thought process like they'll be done this will be done super fast i like we were talking about i mean it was two weeks ago we were talking about 114 games right and now we're talking about and now we're talking about maybe 50 yeah which, I mean, geez, 50 games in baseball is like... It's nothing. Having, it's like a preseason in football. Right. There's nothing. Um, and I don't know how, like, they still, 
from what I saw, spring tra- spring training is going to be a week. Like <laughs> there there is going to be blowout after blowout. Um, you are going to injure half of the pitching right. staffs in baseball. Yeah, and uh, they so, want no grievances. I don't even know if it'd be worth it at this point. Yeah, and they want they want a clause that there's going to be no grievances filed against the MLB. It's like it just they look so bad. It's it's so it's almost embarrassing how some people can be so good. I mean, maybe some of these kids have it passed down, but some of these these owners you would think have worked hard for their money and worked hard to attain the franchise that they have and then right. they can be so good at business and in other fields and then they become an owner and they're just so lost and they have no idea what they're doing and it's just always about the bottom dollar if you're the owner and it's just like at some level I I feel like if you buy a franchise an MLB franchise there has to be some level of I either love the city of the team that I'm buying or I love the the game of baseball. Like if you don't love one of those two things, there's no reason for you to buy that team. Like it, just in my opinion, I'm not a billionaire. I've never had the kind of money to be able to buy a franchise, but I feel like maybe you just want to buy the team as an investment and that's probably a smart thing to do, but your team's probably not going to be very good if that's the if that's the outlook an opinion that your owner holds and just in my opinion there's probably no way to back that up or prove it but that's just kind of the way i look at it well it certainly is looking like that like these guys are not invested uh once one of these teams becomes available to to purchase they're just they know they're going to make their investment back and they know they're going to profit and they're going to they're going to run into huge gains quickly so i think a while back that was the case where you have people like the Illich family who right. are probably at this point looking like the greatest owners that have ever been in charge of sports franchises because those people they give a crap they, yes. they care about their teams they care about their city absolutely uh, and that's very evident um the way they've treated their their front office members and their personnel and their and their players they treat you like you're in their family and uh, I think a lot of these other owners are not invested the way that the Illich family is invested to their sports. And um, it's just kind of proving what these people are all about. I mean, it shows it shows their character and their lack of – it's not empathy, but it's, I guess, a lack of um, – there's some awareness problems no, I think empathy. And, I think uh, empathy is the right word. Yeah, I, I just – Man, like the player, these are our jobs. Right. Like this is how we feed our family. This is how we, especially for Latin players, this is how they are able to make money for their their large family. Right. Um, these players, these Latin players, are dependent on to send money back to their country. Right. And you're not you're not just affecting us here. I mean, you're affecting all of baseball. You're affecting coaches. You're affecting the lower minor league players that have lost their jobs that are probably not ever going to get a shot to play baseball anymore. Right. Um, you lose this year and ha- you got to survive somehow. You're going to, you have to get a full-time job, right? You're not going to have the time to train and, uh, develop your skills when you have to work, you know, you have to work from nine to five every day. It's just these guys, there's so many guys getting bent over by this right now. Um, and I, I feel for them. I, 
Oh, man. yeah. I mean, it's that's absolutely terrible. terrible. And, I, and I, for me, it starts with ownership. And um, these guys are just toying around with with Rob Manford. He kind of they have him in their in their back pocket right now, and uh, it's really messing with the character of our game. And we and we have a good game here, but if this thing doesn't get figured out. We are uh, swimming up a creek pretty quickly here. Right. Well, and I read something the other day, and I don't know if it's 100% true, I, but I read it, and I, it made sense to me. Um, if So if there's no season played, who do you – I would just want to get your guess. Who do you think would be the highest paid baseball player this year? Oh, my gosh. If there's no season played. If there's no season Oh my god! I don't. I mean, I don't know. Relatively big name of the last ten years. Oh, he's got to be retired, right? Yes. My, <laughs> I don't know if Bobby Bonilla's played in the last no, ten. I don't think it's he not. has. But <laughs> no, it's not. He Bobby makes about Bonilla. two million a year. Yeah. in July. Yeah, um, this guy uh, makes would make about thirteen and a half times that. Oh my lord! Uh Retired because of an injury and as a former Tiger. Oh my gosh! In the last ten years, I have no idea. Prince Fielder. Oh yeah, there it is. He would make about twenty-seven point six million dollars this year, and he would be the highest-paid baseball player wow. uh, in the in. Wow. But. I, I should have known that one. I yeah. forgot about that <laughs> that large contract that he had. Yeah, when I read that, that's I was a, just like, "Yeah, well, that's a shame, man." He was he was awesome. Yeah, I remember. I remember when ESPN ran like a commercial about the Tigers and signing Prince Fielder, and it was, and then it just ended. The commercial ended with Miguel Cabrera watching that last strike in Game Four from Sergio Romo right down the plate, and yeah. then. Jim Leland just walking away, and I was like, and they played it like every commercial break of Sunday Night Baseball, and I was just like, can we stop with this? Like, but yeah, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to get us off track, but I, it's just, oh, that's okay, but it's good, no, yeah, well, yeah, it's good, man. This stuff makes me angry. It's uh, no, I don't want to say anything I'm gonna regret because I want to stay in the game for a while, but man, it's, I'm sure all the players and coaches and. And front office people feel the same way. It's like, can we just get figured out? Yeah. Like, let's get somewhere on even ground. Like, somebody swallow their pride on the other side a little bit, and let's go. Yeah. No, I think I, and that's probably part of the business aspect to it. Is a lot of these owners. I don't want to get. I don't want this to sound sexist. A lot of these owners are male, and men are just stereotypically have big egos. And right. I would assume that if you're a male. With over a billion dollars, you probably have a pretty big ego, and you're probably not used to coming out on the better end of any kind of business transaction. And that's just, yeah, they're just not true. willing to give any kind of concession because they where, don't. Where are the women owners when you need them? Right. <laughs> oh, I'll bleep that out. Um, yeah. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bleep out your name when I, when I, uh, write, when I put the description on so nobody will know who it was. Perfect. But yeah, it's just, I just, I don't understand how we got to this point. And 
And it's like you said, I don't understand what makes them think a week-long spring training is going to be a good thing. Like, what, what do you even, like, seriously, what do you accomplish in a week? Exactly. Like, as, a, as a starting pitcher, where are you going to be? I don't care. You could throw 140-pitch bullpens every five days. It's not the same. No. <clears throat> Unless you are, I don't know how this would even be possible with the coronavirus restrictions. How are you facing live hitting? Right. Every five days. Well, and and com- and competitive life, it not thrown to high school kids, right? Like, how are you facing higher up minor league, triple A, double A talent or big league talent? Where are you going to find that in one place? Right, and 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 go through a sim game. It's impossible. You right. cannot do that. Well, and you just think about like pitchers and kind of traditional <laughs> spring training schedule. Pitchers and catchers get there. Isn't it usually about a week before everybody else? Oh yeah, a week to ten days, and on top of that, when so when they say pitchers catchers report, let's say February twelfth, yeah, you better believe pitchers and catchers are you better get there by February first, yeah. If you're not, if you show up February tenth, you're the last guy there. Yeah, no, I believe so, that. Yeah, you better get there two weeks ahead of that report date, or you're gonna be you're gonna be late. Yeah, especially if you're a like a younger guy or just someone who's trying to make the team, like. Yeah, I would make a good impression be because way. everybody's there. Yeah, I just, I don't, I, and just think about if these guys have a week to tune up and then they have 50 games to play, what kind of level of baseball do they expect to get? Like, that's going to be such sloppy, bad baseball. It's going to be bad. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's certainly as like a player, I don't even know. I mean, relievers will be okay. But yeah. as a starter, I mean, it is going to be just a tro- – you're going to see either a ton of injuries or you're going to see some of the worst Major League Baseball you've seen in your entire life. Well, and then um, it's like I don't even know who has the advantage here because pitchers are going to have no time, but then hitters are also going to have no time, and their their timing is going to be all screwed up. I mean – They're going to be on time. Hitters are going to be on time when the season's over. Right. And it's just like – and think about this too. Like I know this has been said a billion times, but the Nationals were nineteen and thirty-one after fifty games last year. Right, and they won the World Series. You don't know who you are until July. Right. It's like you don't you don't know what your identity is until you play about two months worth of games. I right. mean, divisions are not. Deci- I mean, you you've seen it. Like, how many teams have come on in in August, late August, and September, and come out of nowhere and win their division? Right. I mean, they go on. They go on absolute tears, and they end up winning that thing well wasn't i can't remember the year i think i want to say it was like 2008 the mets were up eight games with like 10 games left and they ended up losing the division yeah that happens all the time that's not even a rare occasion no and then that's and then that's a fifth of your season right i don't know man i i honestly i've been i've been beating myself over the head just like okay thinking about this logically they want to have a, a – I saw something that four day spring training. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what are we doing in four days, having meetings? Yeah, really. And then, okay, here you go. Here's your here's your assignment. Here's your double – like, on top – are we even playing minor leagues this year? I've heard that is, that's canned for this year. Yeah, that's – I I I would be – We're not playing, right? Right. No, I would be shocked if there's a minor league baseball season. Yeah, I I think that was shoot. That might have been announced a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I, uh, that all minor league seasons at every level, right, 
are either canceled or they're getting completely wiped out. Right. And uh, some franchises are losing their teams, which that's another thing. I was talking about this the other day. Like, you lose these these lower-level minor league teams. These these towns, right? The, and you see it in Michigan, too. And I don't know what they're doing with those teams. I, I hope they, they stick around because the, a lot of these minor league cities – and low A and rookie ball, these places sell out. And these towns oh, yeah. are completely dependent on these minor league baseball teams. And you're wiping out, I mean, a lot of workers. You're wiping out future, I guess, players that could have any type of shot to make it to the big leagues. Guys that go under the radar, which guys do make it. Oh, um, all, yeah, all the time. That aren't, that aren't prospects. And those guys aren't even going to have a shot. Right. Like, you're, it's, it's just... It's sad, um, and I hate. I don't know why. Since Rob Manfred took over, it's like we are going backwards right now. Yeah, and we used to. I remember people complaining about Bud. Se- I wasn't one of those people, but people complaining about Bud Selig. It's like, man, where's Bud Selig at? <laughs> yeah, Every really. Come back. Well, um, man, it's just like you think about a guy like on the Tigers, Tarek Skubal, or Skubal. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. I believe it's Tarek Skubal. He was drafted in the ninth round. And now he's a top 30 prospect. There's going to be right. guys this year who are going to get missed that are like could be f- potential future MLB all stars. Right. Oh, yeah, man. There's a million cases like that. Uh, and there's a lot of time. I mean, we've seen this a lot in the past. How many guys that are drafted in the top five and top 10 rounds that end up playing two or three years and they, they can't do it anymore? Yeah. Either yeah. they wash out. They get hurt. They're not good enough, or they're just like this. I can't do this. This is too tough. Right. Um, shoot, I've, there's been a bunch of first rounders that haven't made it, and yeah. man, it's it's just sad. I I don't even know how to even speak about this anymore because it's it just seems like the game is dying right in front of our eyes. No, I I completely agree. I mean, you think about you think about a guy like Mark Appel. He was a he was the Absolutely. number one pick in 2015. I want to say, might might be 2014. Never played yeah. an MLB game. Number not, one overall no, pick. Not even one. He was the first overall pick. And it's just like, there's so many guys. I mean, and you look at a guy like Mike Piazza. He was like a 30, 60, 63rd round. Yeah, like there's so many guys that just, and even. Listen, you don't have to be a Hall of Famer to have to one have an impactful MLB career and two to just be somebody that maybe helps someone become a future MLB All-Star. I mean, I'm I've never been on a minor league team, but I'm sure that those young guys that get there, like I'm sure I would think, I don't know for sure obviously, that they rely as much on their teammates, their older teammates, their veteran teammates as they do on their coaches. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's another thing, too, man. The way the game is gone, there are – well, I can give you an example. I was – let's see. 2010, I was with the Tigers in spring training. Um, I got optioned kind of later in spring to uh, A Toledo. And we had – I was probably 23, probably 23 years old that year. And – um Half of our team was over 30. Yeah. And if you look at rosters today, I mean, even like 10, 10 years later, 
if you look at rosters today in AAA, how many 30-year-olds do you see on that roster? Right. Maybe right. maybe one. Yeah. I know the last few years that I've been in AAA and uh, with with the Marlins and the Mariners and uh, a few other few other organizations I've been with, I've been the oldest guy, and yeah. it's not even close. Yeah, and I'm and I get called thirty two years old in triple play, and guy. Yeah, and the next the next oldest was twenty six, twenty seven. Like what happened? All <laughs> and looking back, I'm like, man, I'm lucky to, to even get a chance to play. Right, because these guys they don't sign anybody. They don't sign. Um, minor league free agents anymore that's a that's a dying breed yeah uh and especially who knows what's going to happen now i don't know if you might play your rookie deal out or your your minor league contract out in six years and if you haven't got to the big leagues you may never sniff a professional baseball field again right especially if you're drafted out of high school (laughs) um another another quick story here i played with a guy i was with him in uh triple a tacoma with the mariners his name was Nick. His name is Nick. He's not gone. His name is Nick Rumbelow. Okay. Um, and I went to go play in the Atlantic League at the end of last season. And, uh, well, it's probably not the end. It was probably around, I don't know, late June, early July. And uh, Nick Rumbelow made the Mariners opening day roster last year. And he plays, um, I don't know, maybe, he. I know he played, probably most of April with the big league team and got, he might've got released. I know he got sent down or, or released or something. Cause he was in Sugarland. This is crazy. He goes from making a 25 man opening day roster to being in Sugarland shortly after I got there in June or early July. This dude was on a major league team, made the opening day roster out of spring training and is in the Atlantic league a couple months later. <laughs> And he's 20, he's 20, maybe 28, 27, 28 years old. And he can't find a triple A job. Right. Even, even a double A job. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. And you look at a guy too. I was in the big leagues. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, and you look at a guy too, like, like JD Martinez, he's coming up. He's kind of a, you know, fringe MLB triple A guy blows out his knee. I think he was like 26 or 27 when that happened. And then he gets signed by the Tigers, gets a ton of advice from, I think Miguel Cabrera was a big influence on him, and he turns into an MLB superstar. Would that happen today? I mean, I I don't think so. J.D. Martinez got released by the Astros. Right. And then became J.D. Martinez, who's an all-star. Right. Like that, I don't know, man. It's... It is going to kill every and the and the way it's going today. Uh, at least on the pitching side, I can't really speak to the hitting side of things, but to the pitcher side, at least, if you can't throw weighted balls and throw a hundred miles an hour in a cage on film in front of one of these rhapsody machines, you are never going to get looked at. Right, and all these guys are. Most of these guys that they're signing and looking at is all on video and all based on these Rapsido, uh, all these analytic reports. I mean, we don't – who knows if these guys can even pitch. Right. But just, they can, can throw, throw a weighted ball and they can throw a, a five-ounce baseball fast in a bullpen. 
but it's just, it's taking like and and this is in my opinion this is probably why we're losing fans is because the games take five hours right there's right. 15 walks every game yeah everyone everyone's throwing 100 but they're not throwing <laughs> it over the plate right there's no defense uh you're walking hitting a homer or striking out yeah walks and strikeouts take a while i mean they're putting guys on defense that have no business even being on a major league diamond yeah uh, that can just that have that launch angle uppercut swing and they strike out 200 times and and might run into 25 to 30 homers every year and that's why the game is dying. There's no is there's no action, um, right? Which is which is sad. It's like we we're taking all the fundamentals out of the game, and there there's a beautiful part of uh, that's the beauty of baseball. I think I love watching double play. I'm sure a lot of people can speak to this. There's nothing like turning a double play with the bases loaded or in a, in a huge situation right. in the eighth or the seventh inning when the game's on the line. How it, that's some of the most exciting things in baseball. No, I 100% and agree. Uh, we're taking that out of the game just by having the, this new age um, with hitting the launch angle and pitching. We're just we want all cage throwers just throwing 100 miles an hour with no breaking ball with with no off speed pitching and. Um, it's sad. It's it's sad, man. We're we're not in a great spot right now. Right, and I. It's crazy that you say that, because hitting a 100 mile an hour fastball for an MLB hitter is not a difficult accomplishment if you know the guy's not confident in any other pitch than his fastball. Right. I mean, like if you if you tell these guys what's coming, they could hit a 140 mile an hour fastball. Hey, it's not. It's not. Diff- it's very difficult for the average person. It's not hard for them. No, it's just. No, they. If a guy can spot a hundred, which there's not a lot of guys that can do that, obviously. Yeah. When you're trying to throw a hundred miles an hour, you're probably not locked in mechanically. Right. Um, there's been a select few that have been touched by the hand of God that can do that. <laughs> but uh, if you ever see a guy. If he gets hurt and he goes on a, he goes on rehab, um, gets sent back to the spring training facility to rehab, and then when they start getting back in the game competition, they send him to uh, like the summer league games where it's all the young guys and um, you get pitchers that are throwing ninety eight with absolutely zero clue of where the ball's going. Right. You get a major league hitter in there just trying to like get some timing back. And just get some game swings and, and maybe some game running on the bases. And these guys go in there facing a guy, a 19-year-old a kid, right. throwing almost 100 miles an hour. One pitch is going at their ear hole, and then they're dotting the next one on the black, blowing away. It's like, how am I supposed to get my timing back when I'm fearing this right. guy almost hit me in the neck one pitch, and then he's spotting up, down and away the next one. It's like, this is making me worse. Yeah, I mean, you, you can go into a slump right before you even get back into playing doing that yeah well but it's just (laughs) i don't know man (laughs) i don't know well i was thinking about what you said about what these minor league teams mean to the cities that they're in and i don't i don't know if you've ever heard of grand valley i went to grand valley it's like uh yeah of course it's a bigger state school on the west side of michigan and grand rapids right yeah yeah grand rapids and like every friday night we would go to Grand Rapids Griffins games. We would go to, um, we would go to Whitecaps games, 
and it's just fun to go to. It's fun to watch some sports, to maybe bet on them, and yeah. ha- have some cheap cheaper drinks. And then you're right in the heart of the city, and you go out and you go to the bars after. Absolutely, like it was yeah. it was so fun. Like, I mean, you didn't you didn't know very many of the players, but it wasn't even about that. It was just like hanging out with. I mean, you usually would go with your guy friends. So it's like hanging out with your hanging out with your you know your friends, and then you're having some drinks. You're walking to the bars after, and then you're going home. Absolutely. It was just like it was such a good time. And now, and now, you know, you don't know if that's going to be a thing in five years. I don't think it is a thing. I so and I don't I'd have to do some more research. I've just kind of caught uh some articles and and have kind of been browsing about that cuz I'm like, man, some of the coolest places even including the big leagues was I I got to play um I didn't spend I didn't spend a ton of time in the minor leagues, but the short time that I did, I got to go to Grand Rapids. I I played in South Bend. I got to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, these towns, like these teams, it's the fabric of their community. Right. right. These, I mean, there is nothing, especially in the minor leagues, you go to one of these towns that is so prideful in their teams. I mean, these people treat, the Midwest people treat their minor league baseball like the SEC folks down in the, in the South treat their oh, football. I, I 100% believe it. These people tailgate, and what have you heard people tailgating for baseball? Right. It just doesn't happen. But in the Midwest League, it happens. These people cannot wait for these games. And one of the coolest that I actually got to play in Dayton, Ohio. Um, their team is called the Dayton Dragons. It's a low A. I believe it was for the Reds back when I was there. Um, and I think it, it still might be Cincinnati low way, but that has one of the longest running sellout uh, stadiums <laughs> in all of professional sports, any sport, top ten. And you take you take teams away, and hopefully they don't lose a team because they're absolutely incredible. But you take teams similar to that one away, and you are going to ruin communities. Right. Like I don't care what anybody says; these these people depend on that six month baseball season right and it is like honestly it's what some people live for in these in these small towns and it breaks my heart man i i'm from alaska i come from a small town i uh my mom's from a small little fishing and skiing town called girdwood which is 30 30 minutes south of anchorage um where there's not many people i grew up going to the Alaska Baseball League, the summer collegiate league up there. And I was, man, I can relate to these people. Like, when you kill these teams, when you take these teams away, you're going to kill these towns, man. And uh, I don't know. It's so, it's just sad for me to see this. Um, No one playing and, uh, and knowing how intense and how, I get these people, they depend on, on going to these games. And uh, you can see it when you're signing autographs for these people. They are just so excited right. well, to watch in a baseball game in the summertime in the Midwest. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like I feel like it's so personal. Like, you see, like, it's almost like how a, a high school football team would be in Texas. Like, it's the same like, thing. Like, you're just so, you know who, like, 
I mean, it's one thing when it's in the professionals and they're like the big names, like like Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander. I don't know anything about them other than their than the fact that they play baseball and one of them's married to Kate Upton. But like, right. you, if you're a if you're in a community where one of the only things you have to do is go watch your your local minor league team play. That's probably so personal, and it's probably similar to how spring training games are. Like you see players, especially like the bigger name players, they're a lot more personal, personable. They sign a lot more autographs. They talk to a lot more people, and I right. would assume that's how it is in the minor leagues. Like you see these guys a lot of the because it's it's not that expensive. I mean, it's not that expensive to go to. So these guys probably go to close to every game. They obviously love the sport if they're doing that, and then. They become friends with these guys, and then you create a fan for that organization because those players get called up, and then Absolutely all of a sudden enough. the guy you were rooting for on the Iowa Cubs is playing for the Chicago Cubs, and a guy in Iowa probably couldn't care less about the Cubs, but now he does because a guy he's known for a couple years has come to maybe come to his restaurant or come to his business or maybe they go to the same place. Sure. Yeah, and then that guy's a Cubs fan, and it's like you're just taking away like it's it's just like the most romantic part of the game almost. It's like yeah. why people love it. And well, it's, it is, man. You see that like when you t- like I, the Moneyball movie for me, it was kind of <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a good movie for if you're just going to going to the movies on a Friday night. But um, one of the quotes that stuck out to me and that was when uh brad pitt slash billy bean right was saying how can you not be romantic about baseball right and they're really there's something different and special that baseball has that no other sport has and i think it's because the long season i think it's because the fans that that go I, just like people, the people that go to the games that have season tickets, it's like their baby. Right. Uh, and it's their second family. In another baseball movie, um, what was that one with Jimmy Fallon? The Boston. Fever Pitch. Uh, fever, fever Pitch. That's a great movie. I love that movie. Fever Pitch. Just that comes to mind too when, when Jimmy Fallon's going to these to Fenway and he says to uh, to his co star, who, who Drew was Barrymore. Uh, Drew, was it Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Okay, Drew Barrymore. He says, or like, this is my summer family. This right. is my second family. And uh, and I've seen that, man. When I was with Detroit, I saw the same people at the game. And uh, it was almost like walking up when I w- would walk to the bullpen uh, with my fellow relievers, man. I would look over on the uh, left field line, and I'd see the same faces, and i recognize those people, and they'd wave at me. And yeah. I'd wave every time. I'd be like, hey, guys, what's up? Because <laughs> I, I expected to see those people at every home game. And I freaking saw those people every home game. It right. was like just kind of a routine after a while. I was like, oh, I'm going to see these these faces. And I would wave at them every day. And, I, and that probably they probably felt like they knew me a little bit as a, as yeah. a person, not just a, a player. But um, there's something special about that. Yeah. You almost feel like you become friends and, and almost family with uh when you connect with these people and that it's it's very special you can't you don't have that in football and uh and the nba you don't have that same kind of 
I guess that feeling uh, with your city and and with your fans, man. And I know being on some of those really really great Tiger teams back in uh, 2011 and 2012, I know for a fact that it was personal for them. And um, it was just it was those are my favorite years because not only was I in the big leagues that was kind of the pinnacle um, for me, but being a part of those great teams, you almost I almost have this connection. Right with the city of Detroit that I never ever thought I would have with any other city than than where I'm from in Denver, um, and I still feel like that today. And I've I've been removed from from the Tigers for a little while now, but uh, I, Detroit. And I tell my wife that she's actually from Michigan. I'm. I, we always talk about like, man, Detroit is almost like a second home for us, just because we went through so much with that city and. And we kind of brought back that city right. um, on the baseball side of it. And it's just, there's a special thing that goes into that. And uh, still to this day, we, f- we feel connected to the Tigers, man. It's, it's, um, it's a special thing. Right. And I think, I think a big part of that is I feel like rarely is a baseball fan a first-generation baseball fan. Oh yeah. Like it's probably something you came up learning with your dad. Like that's what you would do in the summer at night. You would watch games together. You go play catch in the backyard or like, and then it's just like, it's just part of you and it's part of your childhood. And it's part of what made you, you know, maybe, maybe somebody out there didn't have a great relationship with their dad, but they could always talk baseball or maybe, or maybe like, it's just, I can't, I don't even know. I can't even really put it into words. It's just something that, and it's, it's probably because it's been played for so long that that's, that's what builds that connection because your dad, who's a baseball fan, probably became a fa- baseball fan with his dad. Sure. And then his dad before him, you know, your grandpa became a baseball fan with his dad and his great grandpa. And it's just like, it it's it runs and it's just it's i don't know there's something different there's, about yeah it it runs deeper um and i i can say that too because i grew up and i i wanted to be just like my dad i mean most of us want to be like our father right um and i grew up in the nfl and i still football is my favorite sport and i i actually wanted to play football until i didn't grow to be over six feet tall, but I, I was, I wanted to be a football player. And, um, there's something, uh, about that. If you grow up in it, uh, obviously just being in baseball, I'm going to have that for my kids as well. But, um, when you grow up in baseball, there's something that there's so many games. Um, and if you're a season ticket holder, you're, you're going to well over 40, 50 games a year. Um, and there, you just, it's it becomes part of you, yeah, and uh, and that's how I felt with with my dad going to all the home games. There's not many games, but the stadiums that you grew up in, it almost becomes like your home, which is it's so weird to say that about no, a huge building with sixty thousand people in it. But uh, you just get used to the smell, you get used to the noise, like the it's just there's something very unique. And for baseball, I think it just becomes more of that yeah due to all the games and to the people that you see you see them all the time 
Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just baseball is just different. But uh, I can understand how that, you know, when you you have a dad, you have a grandfather that grows up, especially in the in the cities like Detroit, the cities like Chicago, uh, the Boston's, the New Yorks. I mean, no, that goes like generations, generations. Deep. Oh yeah. So you just it just becomes part of you when you <laughs> when you're uh, I guess you get born into it, and then you just start to like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're yeah. going to sixty games at Yankee Stadium this year. Uh, we have these seats. We've had these seats for eighty years now, and this is just where we sit. And it just becomes part of your routine. Yeah. Um, and due to the fact that the season's so long, and uh, yeah, it's just I don't. It runs deeper in baseball for some reason. But uh, the the fact that most of these teams, these lower minor league teams are going to die out that it breaks my heart man because yeah. i know these people depend on these cities and these and their uh and their baseball teams it's a big part of their life yeah yeah no i i agree it's it's just a sad situation i hope it gets resolved and you know hopefully it can just get they can put it behind them and hopefully they listen to this and then realize that they just need to get some baseball played right man uncle <laughs> let's just figure it out um i have one more question for you last question sorry we're running a little longer than you probably no, expected or wanted no to um do you think if you took the yankees and the dodgers out of baseball's equation do you think the mlb would be like done oh man oh boy um yeah, I. It would be a if it, if it doesn't if that doesn't take it out, um, man. I don't know what would that would be a huge blow, right? But uh, just the revenue. I mean, again, we're talking all the revenue and and fanfare behind those two franchises. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. We're having a tough enough time surviving with those teams with right. those organizations. Um, you take anything, I mean, even a Boston or... That was the next team I was thinking of. Too. Or a Chicago Cubs. I mean, the Chicago yeah. Cubs, they might have more fans nationally than the Yankees do. Um, and probably the Dodgers. I mean, the, the Cubs, gosh, they travel. Their Cubs fans are everywhere. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, any one of those those top four, man, uh, the Dodgers, Cubs... Red Sox, Yankees, I, you could throw the Tigers in there, man. The Tigers, especially when the team is, is doing well and and flourishing and winning, man, there's not a – you'd be hard-pressed to find a better fan base than the Tiger fan base. Yeah, it's – Tiger, it's, it's weird. I think, I think a big problem that Detroit has, I think Detroit often gets accused of being like fair-weather fans. Yeah. But – it's like, when have our teams really been that good for a long period of time? Like, right. we've stuck by our teams for so long, and now that Mike Illich is gone, I mean, you probably know Chris Illich better than I do, but I don't, just from what I've seen, I don't have a ton of confidence, as opposed to Mike Illich, who I knew right. was like going to do whatever it took to win. He didn't care about the money. It was about more than that for him. He knew he was going to make which, money regardless. <laughs> which people fall in love with owners like that. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, people, <laughs> people in Detroit would take a bullet for Mike Illich. <laughs> yeah, and then you have, and then you have a brand like Little Caesars on top of that, where if you live in Michigan, you've had Little Caesars pizza before. It's oh, just, absolutely. It's just like it just ran so deep, and it's like I don't know, man. It this conversation's really bummed me out. Yeah, man, sorry. We, there's nothing really positive about this whole thing going on. Um, if, if somebody could pull their head out, then uh, we'd be having a little better yeah. of a, a conversation here. But, I mean, it is, we're in this, we're in this tough spot, and uh, I don't really know what else to say about the whole thing, but the whole thing is a bummer, that's for, that's for sure. Yeah. But all right, like I said, sorry, sorry we ran a little bit longer. No worries, no worries. Um, it's good to it's good to get this out so I don't go to sleep angry every night. But yeah, <laughs> hey, well you can come on whenever you want. You're welcome on anytime. Yeah. Um, and if you're ever in Detroit, I play on a summer men's league team, and I'm sure we could use, I'm sure we could use you somewhere. You can play wherever you yeah. want. If you want to play shortstop, you can play shortstop. If you want to pitch, you can pitch. Do whatever you yeah, want. I'll, I'll I'll pitch and, and play first base. There you go. Won't throw, won't throw overhand though. I gotta save <laughs> save those bullets. That's smart. That's smart. How are how are you? Really quick. How are you as a hitter? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I got really? a, I got a nice little loft in my swing from all the years of of hitting my dad's rocks out of his yard with a wood bat. <laughs> so I got a nice little loft. I got a great softball swing. Okay. Okay. Well, we I'm actually on a softball team too. So. Oh yeah, there you go. Baseball, softball, whatever you want. Yeah, I can hit them both. All right, perfect. All right, we'll get you out. We'll we'll get out there sometime. But, cool. All right, thanks, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, and, man. Anytime. All right, happy Father's Day. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm very not a father, much. so you, you don't need to say appreciate it back. It. I'm I'm not a father, so you don't need to say it back. Okay, sorry, I lost you for a second. I was going to ask you that, but no. uh, <laughs> thank you for telling me. Now I don't feel like an idiot. Yeah. No, you're good. But all okay, right, great. thanks, man. Well, thank have, you. Yep. Have a good night. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. See you, babe.